I'm James Shramko from Internet Marketing Speed, and today's guest is a marketing specialist, which is good because we have the topic of internet marketing. And I'd like to put out a warm welcome to Alexi Nelklaus. Hey, James. How are you? Very good. Now, you have a very interesting background. You're an, you're an advertising, marketing, copywriting type specialist, but I'd love it if you can tell us in better definition what it is that you actually do. Yeah, it's, um, it can be summed up quite simply in, in, in the following words. Getting people to do something, getting, a, getting your target market to take an action. And that action could vary from opting into a database, it could be buying a product, making a phone call, and all that is required to reach that one, um, that one situation in time and place. So what that means is all the strategy that goes behind it, all the thinking in terms of designing the offer, all the research and analysis that goes into understanding the markets, their hot buttons, their issues and their problems, looking at competitors, and competitive research to understand what messaging has been extended to the marketplace before, because so, you don't want to be saying the same thing as everybody else, um, and so on and so forth. So, you know, there can be quite a lot of work, a lot of uh, intensive work to really uh, arrive at the situation where, you know, you persuade someone to comply and happily comply with your request. So who do you typically work with? What type of uh, customer are you dealing with here? Okay, so when, when you ask who do I work with, you mean my clients, yeah? Yeah, you're, you're primarily set up as a agency, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so who would come along and say, Alexi, I need help? Okay, um, we get businesses of all stripes come to us to want to engage in some dialogue about our services. We end up working with uh, slightly bigger companies or, you know, it's usually in the seven to eight figure realm and that's largely because of our fees. Uh, we, you know, we don't, we don't really have a low end service. We have a, a relatively high end service where, you know, companies that are a bit more flush with cash to some degree uh, are, are able to, in, you know, invest in our services. So we're talking about having, you have filters on who you work with how do you go about setting those filters and what would the process look like from the outside? If, if someone's listening to this and they have a service or they are selling something and they'd like only to deal with the best customers, what sort of things would they consider and implement? Okay, so, um, okay, so I'll speak to consulting to businesses to start with and we'll see if we can extend from there because my experience is consulting to businesses. Um, the first and foremost most important thing uh, is a company, uh, an owner or maybe a CEO, usually I deal with the owners thankfully, that have direct response marketing smarts. They know about direct response, they understand the value of it, they're passionate about it, uh, they, they really have a good handle on direct response. You wouldn't call them necessarily you know, world-class experts on the subject, but certainly they are, you know, they're very far down the line. That's, that's the first thing. Uh, second thing is, uh, revenue. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, I may ruffle some feathers with what I'm about to say, but you know, the, the profit of your business is an exact reflection of your, your inner psychology. Okay, so um, I use revenue and profit as an indicator for me to assess the psychology and the money psychology 
of the prospective client. So quite simply, you know, a client or a business that's doing $5 million per year in, in revenue or whatever, uh, usually has a better money psychology than someone that's say doing half a million dollars. And that's reflective um, in a whole bunch of different ways. And, and why that matters quite simply is this. It's not because I like working with bigger companies and making more money. It's because I found that those that have a better money psychology make better decisions, make more sound decisions around business. They're more willing to invest in certain ways in the marketing to yield the results. They're not as fearful. They're willing to stand by their product and they take a long-term view and they have a good intimate understanding of their market. They have marketing systems already in place that someone like me can sort of rev up and just start to really bump response. They understand the value of split testing and the list goes on and on and on. So that's the second thing I look for. Third thing, which I absolutely love, um, I will work with CEOs from time to time if they're really, if they're really good direct response smarts. I like working with companies that are doing around the 10 million type range in terms of revenue. Um, up to 30 or 40 million, I start to notice though that the owner and the founder takes a backward step. I like to work directly with the owner or the founder, especially if that founder has started from, from scratch. Now I love I love speaking to people that have started from you know the, with five thousand bucks you know on the, on the ground of their apartment and build it from there. Those people are an absolute gem often to work with because they've had to really build it from the ground up. They've had to fight. They've had to toil through everything. And they think in a really useful and great way. Uh, when we start to get beyond forty million, we start to get um, institutionally minded executives, so to speak. We start to get directors of marketing that have been to university and start to have a really, you know, a really strong branding bent to them. Now, branding has its place, but for the work that we do, because we specialize in direct response, both online and offline, it works for us. We get the best results when we work with people that have a direct response background and ideally where the founder is still, you know, has, has his or her finger on the pulse. Right, so your direct response agency is called marketingbump.com? Correct. And tell me, you've, you've met all of these owners. You're always dealing with owners of 10 to $30 million companies. Do you see the same storyline appearing with the owner and their background, or are they different? I know, it's incredible. The commonalities are incredible. Um, I, I, it's, it, it constantly blows my mind. I, I'm quite fortunate in that um, you know, I get paid to create results for clients, and I get paid so that clients can learn from me. But i tell you something. When you start to operate in that sort of a domain, I learn just as much from the client as they do from me. It's, it's incredible. And one of the biggest things that I learn, one of the most impactful things that I, that I um, attain from those relationships is understanding their inner map of reality, understanding their psychology. Because in, in the many meetings that we have and the emails back and forth, belief systems come through discussions. And I get to understand and elicit the belief systems. Like, for example, I have one client. Well, he's a former client, but he's actually a friend. So client, former client, really same thing because we still talk most, most weeks. Uh, he may be the most successful client I've ever worked with. Um, and you know, I, I won't talk about figures, but the figures are monumental. And one of his biggest beliefs, one of his biggest rules is quite simply, you need to fail quickly. 
you need to fail quickly. And what that speaks to is speed of implementation. The man moves like a machine, like he moves so fast. Of course, he'll never admit that he moves fast. In fact, he's always saying to me, Alexi, you have no idea, I'm actually moving slow. And I don't know what he's comparing himself to, but I know for a fact that his speed of implementation is incredible. And that is one of the key, key factors that I see in business owners that operate at that sort of a level is they understand the value of quick and effective implementation. Right, so they're fast. What are their attitudes towards new information? Obviously, they're hiring you, so they do have the idea that they need to bring in a specialist. Is this something that, that you find they do with other areas of their business? Yeah, definitely. They understand the value of specialised knowledge. Uh, they understand the value of getting a specialist to handle an area where they excel. Um, they, people operate at that level. I've also found, however, having said all that, they have a very strong marketing bend to them. Um, usually they come up from maybe the direct sales force or for the longest time they wrote their own copy. They ran their own marketing strategy. They set up their own joint ventures. They went out and got the business. So what I found in my experience, the clients that we work with and we get the absolute best results is have come up through their own ranks in the area of sales and marketing or written in their own copy. So when we have discussions with them, when we get together for strategy meetings or writing the copy for a campaign or a launch or whatever it may be, we, we tend to have what I call high bandwidth communications. And that's just the term that I poached from Bill Gates. That's something he described that he had with his executives where there's so much energy and so much information, so much brilliance flowing back and forth that the results you can get from that are so much more over and above what you get maybe on your own or even dealing with other people that have not so um, educated or skilled or experienced in that area. It almost sounds like the opposite of what I see in many cases. I'm just putting myself in the shoes of the consultant here in your situation and I imagine for our listener, they might be selling some type of service how, uh, how detrimental it seems to be when they're tr getting the wrong customers coming to them. There's so many uh, consultants dealing with deadbeat customers who are desperate, often have a low budget, have very high and needy expectations. What process do you have in place to weed those people out? What is the actual you know, system you use? Is it... Uh, is it phone calls? Is it word of mouth? Is it um, a script that you have? Is it, is it a communication device? What, what's the actual how-to? Okay, I'll get into the logistics in a sec because I know where you're going with this and, and, what, and what I'll share with you is some cool stuff, but it's something that's substantially more important um, than our internal logistics to pre-screen prospective clients. I'll tell you what it is. That is the self-confidence that I have and that we have as an organization that we can do the job first and foremost. Because when you start to deal with successful business owners, individuals that are moving fast, so they've got a culture of you know, really strategic thinking and long experience, I tell you, that can be a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That can be a little bit, um, oh, what's the word? I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word where you get um, not overwhelmed. Intimidated? Um, it's, that's the word exactly. They can be intimidating if you don't have supreme 
confidence in yourself. So here's what I like to think of. You will get the exact perfect client to work with that precisely mirrors how you feel about yourself or specifically how you feel about your skill sets to do with your work. So in other words, if you feel that your comfort zones or your skills shine up to a level of say, I don't know, for, to use business, up to companies that do a million bucks a year, if someone comes along and they're doing 20 or $30 million a year, you'll freak right out because they've got so many more moving parts and you won't understand how to integrate or at least you won't feel that you understand how to integrate. So first and foremost, before I get to the logistics of how we pre-screen, is the self-confidence that you have in your own abilities. Now, that's a bit tough when you're starting out. If you're just starting out, you're starting out, right? So you don't have a track record. You haven't learned by mistake. You haven't learned by error. You haven't fallen on your face and then use those learning experiences. So you do what you can. But as you start to get more experience, it's critically important that you reinforce the positive experiences. It's critically important that you constantly play over in your mind the wins and you use your, lo your losses, so to speak, as learning experiences. So in my field, a loss would be deemed as a campaign that doesn't convert. Now, I don't use it as a negative term, but it's just as a way to delineate what I deem as a win or as a loss. However, never has a loss happened, a situation where the response has been less than, you know, less than overwhelming, where I haven't used it as a learning experience so that we can go back with the next campaign and factor in what can we improve, what can we do better. Now that's knowledge that we use to grow the client's business, but that's also knowledge that I keep forever and that I pass on to my writers and my strategists as well. So that's the first thing, the inner confidence, your inner skill about yourself. So just to, and, I just want to yeah. pause on that thought. So what you're talking about sounds to me like a combination of process optimization actually filling up your confidence account? It, it, it's, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about how you feel about your skill. I, I love you what you said, that you, you'll get the client that mirrors the way you feel about yourself. And it, I've never heard that expressed before, but it does seem to ring true when I think about the dealings that I've had. And, and also, when we go back to you know that scenario you just played out, when someone has no experience, they're brand new, everyone's intimidating, they are going to get the the most intimidating, difficult, scared customer. They seem the ones who have the least trust in themselves seem to get the customers that want to demand proof and demand a track record because it's just oozing out of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just the way it works. It's the way of the world, so to speak. Uh, and you work with it as best you can. Uh, truth be told, the more experience you get, the the easier things become. It'd be nice if it was easier in the beginning, but that's just not the way the world works. So if you're starting out, it's critically important that every win, no matter how small it is, you savor that baby, you celebrate, you really reinforce it in your mind. And when you know, the stuff happens that you didn't expect, that isn't of a so-called positive nature, you, you use it as a learning experience. You get a journal out and you write about it. If you go at yourself, a husband or a wife that you, you talk to, talk about it. Uh, get it off your chest and you're clear about it and then use it for growth because... That's the stuff that will drag you down and keep you dragged down. And so what that means is if that stuff's dragging you down, it doesn't matter what processes you've got internally, logistically for screening clients, it won't matter because you're always going to bump up with people that just 
pay late on invoices, don't respect your time, expect things, you know, the, the very next day, I screw you down on invoices and try to negotiate and the list goes on and on from there. Yeah. And these things happen. So I, I, I used to say to my brand new sales recruits, it's not going to ever get harder than the very beginning when you've got, you have got no sales under your belt, you're just learning everything about the job and you have to go out and have these intense interactions and it does get easier. So both of us are, are reinforcing that point. Wherever you're at now, it actually does get easier the further down the track. But I do want to just talk about logistics because the newer the uh, consultant or the newer the business salesperson is, the more interested they are in like what are the actual implementation steps? How do they actually set this up? All right, let's get into it. Uh, it's all about positioning to start with. So we get an email uh, to come through. It's an inquiry, and that gets sent to me and Sophie, who takes care of all the scheduling and all the initial contacts. Uh, the part, part of the reason is for that is because I'm extraordinarily busy doing my own thing, and I'm a bit incompetent with managing that sort of stuff anyway. More importantly, it's about positioning, though, okay? Because I am the face of the company. I manage all the strategy and so forth for clients. It's about positioning. So the first thing that happens is Sophie will... Uh, receive the email as I do. Second thing is she'll go back with an email or a phone call depending on how, if they've requested a phone call, and she'll say a few things. Before I can organize a phone chat with Alexi, you need to do a few things. First thing is you need to examine the website, marketingbump.com. Take your time and go through it because there may be some things on there that just don't sit well with you, that may not resonate with you. We may not be for you and that's totally okay, okay? First thing you need to see what our what our philosophy is, and you need to know you need to know what we're about. That's the first thing. Second thing is once you've done that, go ahead and check out the services page, have a look at all the services, and and check out what we provide, and also take a close look at the prices. I'm a bit in my field. Most people in my field will not reveal their prices. I do that because it's a great pre-screener, because I only on want to operate with bigger operators or work with bigger operators. The other reason why I can put up the prices is we have pretty good proof elements and success stories on the website. And we use that to great leverage as well because Sophie also says, be sure to check out our success stories. Now, I don't know what the percentage is. It's so high that we don't even bother tracking it. If it's a prospective client that's doing some decent volume in the business, I mean, I, I can count on you know maybe one hand how many times a client hasn't followed up or a prospective client hasn't contacted, contacted us afterwards and said, you know, I, you know, I don't want to talk to you. In other words, I, almost never do they not want to continue with the relationship at some point. And that's by virtue of the proof elements that we have on there. We have a lot of content on there as well. And that's the next thing that Sophie does. She reiterates uh, for that prospective client to download our market domination report because it's great content there and I wrote that report to pre-screen yet again because if someone downloads the report and reads it and then when they read it they say these guys they're doing some weird things I don't like what they're up to they're talking about direct response where's your stuff about image and so on and so forth if they react in that way that's actually a very good thing they've saved a lot of grief all around a lot of negativity, a lot of problems later on down the track. I'd rather find out early on if they're going to be a good match for our services or not. And that's interesting to note because not everyone's a match for our services. And any consultant, anyone that's going to move into selling services here, 
understand straight up, you will not be good for everybody. That's just the nature of the way things are. So after all that, before Sophie will organise a 15-minute phone chat, and the initial meetings are always 15 minutes, and they can just blocked out in my schedule. Uh, it forces us to be somewhat pithy and gets relatively straight to the point. She'll only organise the 15-minute meeting when that prospective client has taken the time to review the site, read the report, um, read one of the videos on the site of me talking on stage. And if it so happens they haven't taken the time to review that stuff, she doesn't organise the meeting. Because again, that speaks to the level of commitment um, of that prospective client. If they don't take the time to study the stuff on the website, it's not a good thing because I'm not positioned in a positive light. And it's not a good thing because it just, you know, why haven't you taken the time to review the site? What does that say about you and where you, how you're ready to commit to, to growing your business? So that all happens before I even speak to them. I love it. And that's exactly why you're dealing with the people you're dealing with because they've, they've um, proven themselves through the process. And also, yeah. just as a side note, we should explain that Sophie is potentially your best proof element to date. Uh, pr <laughs> pr proof that you are a good marketer. You've managed to snare one of the loveliest humans on the planet as your wife. Uh, thank you. And uh, business partners. <laughs> now, this is fantastic. So we just want to tie this all back together now because we're coming to a close soon. We're talking about the topic of filtering so that you can get the best customers. And we've really, we're really tying this concept of being a high-level high fee service provider and using your website and website elements such as on-site proof, uh, you've got email happening there, you've got a uh, money magnet, I guess we'd call it, or a, a lead generator, a really high quality PDF report. I've seen that report, it's fantastic and I think we're supplying that to our FastWeb Formula 3 registrants. You're going to be speaking at FastWeb Formula 3 this year. I'm looking forward to it, baby. <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. I think from memory you're going to be talking about the inner game and going right right into the heart of the, the fears and things that are stopping people from buying that, that marketers never really want to address. Is that right? Yeah, look, that's, that's, where, that's where the money's at. That's where, that's where it all happens is in the mind of your prospective target market. If you don't take the time to intensively drill down to all of the inner dialogues and the fears and the frustrations that's happening in your market's mind, you know, you, you can write all the copy that you want, you can do all the strategy you want, you can try all the selling, and it ain't going to happen. It just isn't. And you've got to take the time to really understand who you're selling to. So that's, that's what I'll be talking about. Great. And it's really good advice for anyone listening to this uh, is take the time to understand your perfect customer. And that's exactly what we just talked about, how you once you've decided who that perfect customer is, you've now got a blueprint, the actual logistics for the, the perfect filtering and step-by-step -step engagement technique to get you those best customers and your life will be so much easier once you are dealing with the right people. So just in closing, Alexi, have you got a uh, word of wisdom, a really sage tip that you could pass on from your years of experience on treading the boards, you know, you've been doing this direct response marketing, you've been dealing with these $10 million business owners. What takeaway can you give our listener that they can feel that this has been a really good use of their time to listen to? Okay, two things. First and foremost, every single day work on your limiting beliefs. Uh, I keep a journal and, you know, if you see the journal, there's notes all the way through it. A lot of that is self-analysis stuff. That's the first thing. 
constantly just keep writing and addressing the negative beliefs and negative thoughts that are just stopping you from moving forward. Ultimately, that's what stops you from moving forward. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is be a sponge. I know it's been done to death, you know, education, 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 but truth be told, man, uh, never, ever stop learning, constantly study uh, books, go to courses, listen to DVDs. I just keep learning because I tell you, if you're in the area of business, it's a monumentally wide and deep subject. It never, ever ends, especially if you're doing stuff online. <laughs> As you know, I don't need to tell you, there's always new stuff happening online, new ways to market online, and the only way to keep abreast is to constantly educate. So be a sponge for knowledge, have a thirst for knowledge, and, and never, never let it stop. Oh, Alexi, that is awesome. So thanks a lot, everyone. You can check out Alexi on marketingbump.com. You've been really, really helpful. I'm sure that uh, we've got some terrific tips there. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you at Fast Food Formula 3. Awesome. Thank you.